Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today. Delighted to be interviewing a alumni of my own alma mater in the Glenny School in Toowoomba. So without further ado, let me get into introducing her to you. Our love of agriculture came at a young age for Emily Raybone, having grown up on her family's property in Monto, Queensland. During school, Emily wasn't exposed to agriculture. Having gone to the Glenny School, where at the time there wasn't an agricultural class or team and quickly thought during this time that she would pursue another career as a lawyer or a teacher. As it happens, most farm kids get drawn back somehow and so too did Emily when she began showing cattle and working on properties in her holidays. Emily is currently the Marketing and Communications Manager for the Australian Wagyu Association a world leader in innovation and delivery for the Wagyu sector. The AWA holds one of the largest standalone red meat conferences in its annual calendar, as well as hosting international tours and other networking events throughout the year. Emily completed a Bachelor of Agriculture majoring in animal production at the University of New England and has since completed a graduate certificate in marketing through RMIT University. Love this chat again because it's just further proof that there is no one clear-cut way to get into a career in agriculture. So without further ado, let's hear Emily's story. Well, Emily, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Kayla. It's, uh, it's nice to be here with you, chatting. Fantastic. Well, start us off where we always start, which is to say, who are you and what is your connection to agriculture? My name is obviously Emily Rayboam and I grew up on a bit of a mixed farming enterprise in Monto, Queensland. Uh, We had goats, cattle and cropping there, a lot of lucerne. Uh, I left the family farm, or we left the family farm when I was five to move so that my brother and I could go to boarding school. And uh, at that time, we both went to schools that weren't heavily ag schools. Uh, my brother was at grammar and I was at the Glennie school. Uh, at that time, Glennie didn't have any agriculture classes or teams or anything. So we kind of got thrown into the deep end uh, in a whole different world. Back then, was ag something you maybe had an interest in? Like when you when you you were so young, I suppose when you left the farm, um, did you have a, did, have you felt a connection to it? Absolutely, it's always where I wanted to be, and I knew that uh, there was just a few years in the middle there that I had all these dreams and aspirations of doing other great things. You know, a lawyer or a teacher or something crazy. Um, but I think at the back of my mind and and my heart I always knew that I was going to be back in the ag industry my parents are long time generational farmers and we really only left so that my brother and I could go to a good school 
And we both recognised that and I think we absolutely were destined to be back in ag in some way. So talk to us about your journey back into ag then. You go to boarding school, not that exposed to ag. Obviously, I'm a Glenna girl as well, so I totally understand it's, um, you know, it, everything's very academic focused. You're on the route, as you said, maybe to becoming a lawyer. When did that pivot for you? Uh, so it would have been about year 10 or 11 and my parents still had connections to farms. Obviously, my family outside of my mum and dad were still on um, properties scattered across the countryside and we still had a heap of friends uh, of mum and dad's, long-time friends of mum and dad's that still had properties. And um, my mum actually grew up in the show cattle circuit. So she encouraged me to get back into that scene to bring me back to my roots and um, I guess that's exactly what I did. I started showing cattle uh, with family and with mum's longtime friends um, and going to youth shows and different things like that and then in my school holidays I was working on some of those properties helping out friends and family Uh, and from there I guess I never left. Uh, I continued to show cattle through year 11 and 12 and everyone at school thought I was this weird person because I was the only one that did it. Uh, But it was absolutely where I wanted to be, not necessarily in the show cattle scene, but just around animals, around ag, around like-minded people. So cool. So you're spending your weekends showing cattle, school holidays, working on farms. What happens after you leave school? Uh, so I took a gap year on a Hereford place between Inverell and Glen Innes, uh, in which they showed a lot of cattle and um, they had a bit of a mixed farming enterprise. We did um, some contract hay harvesting and different things like that and obviously had the cattle. Uh, and then so I did that for about eight months and then I went governessing for the rest of my gap year between Mitchell and in June. And that was amazing. And then I thought maybe I'll be a teacher, an ag teacher again. And then I scratched that pretty quickly because I didn't want to be back in the classroom. Um, And then I guess from there I went to university at UNE in Armidale studying a Bachelor of Agriculture. And I worked part-time during that period at a company called, which was then called Practical Systems, uh, so I was part-time working and part-time and full-time studying during that period. Uh, and that was incredible for me. And I still say it to this day that probably my life experiences has got me further than actually studying. And having that part-time job during that time was absolutely critical, I think, to where I am now. I want to chat about governessing because we don't get to talk about it too much on the podcast, but I think um, it can be a pathway to ag for some people in that, especially if you haven't got a lot of experience, and that's certainly not your case, but if you haven't got a lot of experience, governessing can be a great way to sort of get into the sort of station or um, large farm lifestyle. Do you want to talk about, you know, if someone's listening to this, wanting to get maybe into that area, what would be your top tips? Uh, I think it's throw yourself at anything that, you're given uh, if you end up in that situation. Governess, that time when I was governessing, it was an amazing experience. I was with this beautiful family and it was just a husband, young husband and wife um, with three beautiful girls at the time. They've now got four. 
So I was, one was not at school and two were at school. So I was helping them with that, but then they didn't have any staff on the farm either. So at times, and I always say it, I can ride a horse, but I prefer to say that I can't ride a horse because I know that I'll get thrown on something that throws me off if I do. Um, So I told them that I couldn't ride a horse uh, and they needed my help one day. And absolutely, I was there. I was on the kid's pony. It wasn't a pony. It was a big horse, but it was the kid's horse. Uh, So I jumped on her and I went mustering for the day and completely out of my comfort zone because I I hadn't been on horses for a long time. I grew up riding them, but I hadn't been on them and I hadn't always enjoyed that experience I preferred getting on a motorbike um but I just think the most important thing is never turn down an opportunity like that's hands down probably my only one piece of advice to share with people is if you are given an opportunity make sure you take it never say no even if you think it's not going to get you anywhere in the long term it absolutely will because uh, it will give you experience. Even if you do it for only 12 months, I was only governessing for three months and then I spent school finished and I spent the next two months just helping them on the farm. But that experience was so amazing and I'll never, never regret doing that. And so I think that, yeah, that's absolutely critical for young people in the industry is just take it with all you can, open your arms. Absolutely. I think that's really great advice. And certainly around, you know, take a door when it opens for you, because you just never know where it's going to lead. That's great. Um, Let's chat about UNE. Did you move to Armidale? Yeah, I did. So my mum is actually originally from Armidale. So I knew quite a few people there. She's got a a lot of friends in that area, but I moved there for uni. Uh, I went to Albies there when I was, while I was studying. So I was on campus. That was a wild, different experience and sometimes a little too overwhelming. (laughs) But yeah, it was great. Uh, Again, I think it's an experience that everyone should get to do. Uh, And as I said earlier, working part-time while I was doing that was was amazing. So when you finished at UNE, what was sort of the next step? Did you bust out of the doors with your, you know, new bachelor's degree knowing what you wanted to do? Absolutely not. I actually, um, so I moved out of college and I lived in a house and then I decided that I just didn't really want to be in Armadale anymore and I wanted to actually get a full-time job and finish my degree part-time. So I actually flipped. I ended up moving to Sydney and working for Auctions Plus for nearly two years And I did that full-time and while I was there, I finished my degree part-time and that was amazing. And I think it was absolutely the better way for me to do it because I I have always worked and I have always wanted to work and that kind of drove me to do a bit better was having that job and something that I knew I had to turn up for and I knew I had to do well Uh, and then it it just pushed me to, do, to study really well as well. So, yeah, a bit different to most people would do it, but it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. That's such good insight and an interesting way to do it. I am, um, I'm always so intrigued at the different paths that people take to getting their degree and 
um, to echo kind of what you're saying earlier around there's just there really is no one size fits all and you kind of have to do what's right for you and you know whether it's a gap year which you took on or doing your degree part-time is it as an option you've also pursued I, th- I think it's great that ag allows you to be so flexible like that I think so too yeah a lot of um people you know going to university or whatever it might be thinking this is the only way they can do it and often they're not led to believe they can do it any other way and I think the ag industry is incredible for that that if you want to do something there's always a way for you to do it and there's multiple avenues for you to do it as well absolutely love that so um you worked at auctions plus right through graduation and then you've gone on to do some future studies or further studies rather since then talk us through that decision yeah, so I moved back to Armidale and started working with the Australian Wagyu Association, which is where I am now, and I started in a different role and then I transitioned into what I am in now, which is Marketing and Communications Manager, and that led me to do a bit of further study. Um, so I did my grad cert in marketing, which helped me a lot, uh, and that was through RMIT. That was a very small, short degree Um but it, it, I guess it kind of gave me the fundamentals that I just hadn't experienced in my prior bachelor degree. And, yeah, it's been a massive help in the role that I'm currently in. I'm imagining there's quite the contrast between studying marketing and ag. Uh, do, did you feel like it was a little bit of left brain, right brain competing there? Or how did you find, yeah, moving through those two, two different disciplines? Yeah, it was a very different experience. Uh, Ag is not a textbook world whatsoever. I mean, there's plenty of textbooks that you can read and books that you can read and different things that you can listen to, but it's not a a textbook world. Um, You know, everything is different. Every scenario is different. And then I did my marketing degree and it it is incredibly textbook. You know, there's a lot of um, applications, techniques, terms and all that kind of thing that that is that is simply just as it's written so it was really hard transition for me um to do that and but I think had I not have had the background that I've had it would probably would have been harder for me and it was able to it made me able to I guess apply that uh into the role that I had and a lot of marketing degrees are not focused on ag and there's a lot of um, universities that don't even consider agriculture when they talk about marketing and it's a completely different world. You know, it's not necessarily selling a product um, and certainly that is not what it is for me in my current role. I'm not selling a product. It's just about that PR and that, um, I guess, relationship building and events and, yeah, there's there's so many moving parts that, they also don't teach you, I guess, and probably never will at a university degree. And it just comes down to that life experience. Absolutely. Um, that's something my co-host Vinny says all the time is that your university degree, whether it's undergrad, postgrad, is just simply step zero. Like it is the platform from which you go on to learn the real stuff. Um, so I love that you've said that. So you, as you mentioned, you're um, at the Australian Wagyu Association. Tell us about AWA and then you've just touched on events so let's lead into the massive conference you've just run. Yeah so I am incredibly fortunate enough to work with the AWA which is uh, one of the fastest growing member 
based organizations in the world nearly and we have an incredible member base um, with now nearly 1200 members across the globe um, and 30 to 35 percent of them are internationals and that's just incredible when I started with them three and a half years ago that was absolutely not the case Um, and as I mentioned earlier I started in a different role and I started in a, a member services role and obviously that's a massive changed to now marketing and communications, but uh, it gave me an incredible insight to what our members really strive for, what drives them, what um, pushes their business and what's so important to them. Um, So it it does allow me to do my job today. But the AWA is an incredible organisation. I'm fortunate enough to have a really supportive team around me. Um, My CEO is absolutely fabulous and I've got an incredible board that we work with uh, who are all producers across the country and they're so supportive and um, yeah as I touched on earlier I'm really lucky to be involved in some of our marquee industry events across the year and I've just come off a week at Sydney for our largest ever and probably our best ever conference for 640 delegates and that was truly an incredible experience both to organize and to be in the room with such passionate, like-minded people who just all get along and they all want to be there and they all want to push forward for the betterment of the industry. I think um, ag events are always amazing because you get in their room. Like you said, it's a bit of a, it's like a hive mind kind of thing with everyone's just having a great time talking about this thing that we love called ag. Um, but running those big events, I've experienced it myself, so I do understand 640 people is a lot of people uh, all to bring to one location. Uh, how did you, you know, again, I'm just imagining you've sort of come from a practical background of agriculture to running events, which is, as you said, quite formulaic, very methodical, systematic how did you go? Like, is it just adrenaline the whole way through? Did you fall in a heap afterwards? What did that look like? Uh, I think there's massive peaks and troughs. Uh, it's been, I guess, 12, 10 to 12 months to get to what we had last week. And it's an incredible journey that 10 to 12 months. And there's a lot of moving parts. And as I said before, I'm fortunate to have a a very incredible team who work with me uh, to deliver that event. But I think it's you kind of you kind of think you're getting there and then you're like, oh, I need to do all of this. And then you kind of think you're getting there and, and then you, you need to do all of this. So it's just um, yeah, I guess it's just those waves and managing all those moving parts and getting them all together. And as you can imagine, it's um it's often difficult to get a group of farmers to behave at the best of times. So when you put 640 of them in a room and they all want to party and they all want to get excited and they all want to talk and they haven't seen each other for 12 months, it's pretty difficult. Uh, but it was it's so rewarding to see them come together. For sure. Any uh, exceptional speakers, memorable moments you want to highlight? Yeah, so I think... My absolute highlight of the event was we had a speaker whose name was uh, Dr. Annaline Patiachi and she's a human nutritionist and she's done a lot of work in the red meat industry trying to, you know, 
tell producers that they're doing the right thing and they're producing a product that consumers absolutely need and they should absolutely want. And it was so amazing to sit in the room with 600 people listening to her tell them that they're doing the right thing and that Wagyu is not what people perceive it to be and that's really fatty and not good for you. It's actually incredibly good for you because the fats are different. There are a lot of them are unsaturated fats and they're they're good for you. We need them. Uh, and I think the highlight was seeing all those producers sit in the room and almost have like a wow moment, sit there and be like, what we're doing is the right thing to be doing. And she was just amazing. She's young. Um, she's forged an incredible career for herself and she's incredibly smart and that yeah that was absolutely my highlight and then coming together on our last evening we had an incredible band they're amazing and everyone just wanted to party and um they just were all so so happy and there to celebrate I guess the the successes of our industry and that was amazing to see Well, congratulations. Sounds like it was an amazing event. Uh, Here's to bigger and better (laughs) in the future. Uh, Emily, I want to ask you, um, obviously, you're still, for the most part, starting out your career. Um, Do you have any goals, visions? What do you you see yourself doing in the future? Uh, Well, I see myself never leaving agriculture or, um, I guess, making sure I'm always surrounded by something that brings me back to my roots and that is ag um my partner and i now have a small farm and we've got some cattle on that which is a dream that we've had yeah for a number of years and we're so stoked to be doing that and i'm so thrilled that i finally get to have that little piece of land to myself um and i guess yeah long term just contributing to a successful industry and helping whether it be Wagyu or whether it be something else, helping producers understand that we're doing good things. And um, I guess I think a a large focus for me moving forward, um, especially after this conference and listening to a number of the speakers having um, spoken about consumer trends and different things like that, is making sure that consumers absolutely know the right thing about our product. Obviously, there's a lot of fake meat and fake this and um, different things going on that would push the consumer trends to go away from what we do and what the beef industry and lamb and pork and chicken all produce. And I think it's so incredibly important that our producers understand that we need to stay and we need to remain and we need to continue to produce protein to feed the world. And I think that's probably going to be a driver for my future. Uh, obviously I want to be at Wagyu for a little while longer and I yeah thoroughly enjoy working with those people and with our team and when the time comes for me to move on I just hope that um, yeah I'll always be a part of something bigger and better and pushing our industry forward. Love that also Wagyu please persevere (laughs) (laughs) I have to say always a fan when there's a Wagyu on the menu. Absolutely. So 
I think you've got a pretty good gig where you are. Um, Emily, last place we always wrap it up is if someone wants to learn more about you, first of all, how can they do so? And second of all, if they want to know more about the AWA, how can they do that? Uh, so probably the same way for both. You can shoot me an email or give me a call. Um, obviously, I think my contact details will be on your website, but I'm always open to anyone that wants to chat to me, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, however you want to get in touch, feel free to do so. Uh, I'll always be here, particularly for any young people wanting to get into the industry and um, anyone that wants to know more about anything that I've just spoken about, just reach out. And as I said earlier, I think never turn down an opportunity and uh, always reach out for help if you need it or if you want it and advice. And always remember that if you're not listening, you're not learning. So just reach out. Amazing advice. Emily, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, You shared so much of yourself. So I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Kayla. It's been great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.